I've got a message today that I pray that you will really listen to because it is a life-changing message. I'm telling you that it will change your life forever. Even as a Christian, it will change your life. But what I was going to tell you was that Larry would bring his dates to my house. My wife and I would uh, would have them come in on Friday nights, and he would take his girlfriend, and they'd sit on the floor, and he'd just want me to teach him the Word of God. And now there are 500 and something churches on the rock around the world. So we're very, very grateful for that. What I want to tell you is, I want you to look at some scripture with me, if you will. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 John. 1 John. And if you don't understand the Word of God, this would almost seem confusing. There's some things in the Word of God that if you don't know some other things, it gets confusing. All right, we're in 1 John chapter 1. And this is verses 9 and 10. If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is what God has been able to use in my life in that passage of Scripture. Sin confessed is sin forgiven. And sin forgiven is sin cleansed. If you can remember that little phrase, it'll help you. Look at the next verse, verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now turn over, if you will, over to chapter 3. And I, I want to read this passage to you. I'm, I'm, I'm reading in chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. Every man that has this hope in him, that means the hope of Jesus Christ, it purifieth himself even as he is pure. Drop down to verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Now, if you didn't understand what I'm fixing to tell you, that would be about as confusing as a termite and a yo-yo, right? Because it first tells us if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar because we know we've all sinned. Then it turns around and it says in the next chapter, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Well, if we just stop right there, it would really be confusing because we know that in our lives, every one of us have sinned. And yet the Bible says, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Well, you've got to read that next little phrase. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, can you imagine a young Christian just getting saved, coming into the kingdom of God and reading this passage and being thoroughly confused? I want to straighten that out. And in so doing, I pray if you will do what I'm fixing to tell you, it will change your life 
if you're not saved, you'll get saved and it'll change your life forever. If you are saved, it will set you free. Now, this is what I want to share with you. You can have one of three identities in your life as a Christian and as a person just believing in God before you even get saved. You have one of three identities. There is identity that's found over in 1 Corinthians 15, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. When we're born into this world, we are born sinless. A little innocent baby. Back, in fact, in the last month, we've had, I've had two great grandchildren. I have now eight great grandchildren and two little boys. We had only one boy and five girls. Now we've got three boys and five girls. But, uh, when they're born, they're so innocent. Little babies hadn't sinned yet. But if you leave them alone, they get old enough. They're going to know right from wrong and on purpose, deliberately, knowing it's a sin, they're going to sin. Is that right? That's what happened to you, right? That's what happened to me. So what happens is, if we're not careful in this world as we live, we take on the identity of the first Adam, the fallen Adam. Because if you remember in the garden how that Satan tempted Eve and Eve then tempted her husband and they both sinned and men died spiritually. The reason we have to be born again spiritually is because we have died spiritually. That makes sense, doesn't it? We died spiritually in our lives, each one of us, when we got old, old enough that we really knew right from wrong and we chose from our own heart to do that which was evil. And the first time that we sinned, that's called the sin of separation. It separated us from God. Because how perfect is God? 100% perfect. How perfect is heaven? 100% perfect. How are we going to get us to heaven even after we're saved? We're not perfect. Well, that's what I want to tell you about today. As you identify in your life You've got to learn where to put your identity. There are those that still, as Christians, identify with the fallen nature of Adam. Did you know the Bible teaches in Paul's epistles, Paul teaches over and over again that we are new creatures in Christ? Are you aware that the Bible says the old things have passed away? How many things have become new? All things have become new. Now, when the Lord says, Whosoever is born of God sinneth not, for his seed remaineth in him. What is he talking about? He's talking about the seed of God. You see, the reason we go to heaven is because we are born again, and we're born of the seed of God. God's seed enters into us. And that does away with the Adamic nature. The Bible even says that we are new creatures. Now, if we are new creatures, and if that scripture is correct, and it is correct, then we're no longer sinners. Hmm? 
I'm not in the category any longer unless I identify in that category. I'm not in the category of a sinner. Now, am I saying that preachers ought not to preach on sin? No, we need to preach on sin because people need to repent of sin. On the other hand, once you're born again and you're made a new creature, you become a what? Saint. Everybody say the word saint. I want to tell you a quick story. I was, by the way, I was raised in the Catholic Church, so I've always had a respect and love. They taught me a lot of things. Back in the old Catholic Church that I, that I was in, it was Vatican I, and, and, and the Mass was in Latin, so I never even heard about being born again or anything. But, so, but I love Catholics. But uh, there was this little Catholic priest, my next-door neighbor, I led to the Lord in 1984 when I moved into my home. My wife and I uh, designed our home, and, and, and I was a contractor and built a home. And, and the Lord told me, if you're going to win that neighbor, you win him now, and I won him. And he became a charismatic leader in the Catholic Church and has been on TBN numerous times and has, has, has won this, lots and lots of people to Christ. Well, anyhow, he brought this little Catholic priest all the way from Ireland. He was about that tall. And he came to my church. And he, and he lifted his little hands up. And, and so I took him out to, to lunch. And so I was going to really, you know, I'm, I'm going to really tell him how to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and all these wonderful things. And I told him about being born again. And then I told him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in tongues. And, oh, he said, I have all that. And it just kind of shocked me. Because I was not thinking, in my frame of thinking, that a little Catholic priest from Ireland would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, have the gifts of the Spirit, and all of that working in him. But God can do whatever he wants to do, can he? And wherever he wants to do it. Well, anyhow, so what, what I found was, as I, as I continued to witness to him, that, that he had learned a lot of the things that God's taught me. So here it is. Right now, you are operating in one of three identities, whether you are doing it subconsciously or consciously. You're either over here thinking, I, I can never be used of God because I did this in the past. I, I, or are you they're thinking, I can't overcome this sin in my life, and this is holding me back. That's because that you're identifying with that. You need to change your identity. Then there's a second identity. How many of you remember this in, in Bible school? Father Abraham had many sons. Y'all could sing it with me, couldn't you? Many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Well, you know, I used to sing that. And, and in the... In the sense of the promises that God made to Abraham, we are the sons of Abraham. But are you aware that every major religion, the three major religions in the world, all claim that Abraham is their father? Judaism, and the Muslims, and Christians. Okay, when I think of Abraham, I think of religion. Because that's in the Old Testament, and they had all of these rules and regulations and, 
and all the things they did with all the festivals and the feast. And I have a, a pastor friend that goes to church with me, and he knows all of that. He teaches that, you know. That, he just teaches it so we can use it as examples of Christ. So you can move from an identity, and this is what you'll see in the world. Look around the world if you don't believe what I'm saying. You can move from the identity of what I'm not really uh, in the Adamic fallen nature anymore, but I'm over here in this religion. I'm going to tell you about religion. Religion will put you in bondage. Religion will defeat you. Nobody ever goes to heaven because they're religious. That may be hard to grasp, but it's the truth. There will not be one single person in heaven because they were religious. And the more you try to become religious, the more bondage you get into. And the first, first thing you know, if you start identifying as being religious, people come to me and say, oh, you're a religious man. No, no, I'm not a religious man. I'm a follower of Christ. Uh, there's all kinds of religion. Muslims are religious people, very religious. And, and monks are, uh, all, these, all these religions in the world, are, and, and they're counting on the religion to get them to heaven. But religion's not going to get you to heaven. Am I preaching the truth to you? Not going to get you to heaven. So you can get over here and you can get lined up in this religion. And you know, it happens even among Protestants. Boy, they just get, they get all these rules and regulations. And Now, I believe that the Bible is true. I'm a solid believer in the Bible. I believe in modesty and all those things that, that we should do. But all this, these extra biblical things that are nothing but man-made rules that just wrap you up in bondage and, and put you in chains, that's not what we are. That's not where we are identified. Now, here's your true identity. Your true identity is in Christ. I am a Christian. I'm a child of God. My identity is in him. Now, I want you to go home and check me out on this. If you don't believe me, you check me out on this. If you'll study your Bible closely, you'll find that your Bible will tell you that what's true about Jesus is true about you if you know Jesus. So that's my identity in Christ. And it just if you don't do anything but go through, through your concordance and read all the in hymns and in Christ, you'll see that there's hundreds of them that tell us that we are in him. We are in Christ. Therefore, I am in Christ. My identity is in Christ. I don't identify as a sinner anymore. Am I saying I don't sin? Well, you could ask my wife. She could tell you. But, but I'm not identified as a sinner. And you know what? I'm telling you, I don't even like to sin. How about you? I don't get any pleasure out of sinning. Sin always brings trouble in my life. I identify in who I am in Christ. I am the, you know what the Bible says? The word of God says, 
I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Did you know that what Colossians tells us? That in Christ dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead. In Christ dwells how much of the fullness of the Godhead? All. And do you know what the next verse says? I mean, the next phrase says? It says, and you are complete in him. Woo! Boy, that sets me free. Devil comes tempt me. Oh, you go tempt somebody else. I'm in Jesus. You're going to have to take this temptation up with Christ. You know, he, he tried everything he could with Christ and couldn't get anywhere with it. So that's where my identity is. Now, the reason I say this will change your life is because the devil is out. It is his job to try to get you in an identity where you don't belong. He's going to either try to make you think that you're just worthless and no good and because you messed up and, and God couldn't forgive you for that terrible thing you did in the past or, or that temper that you've got and all of that. Let me tell you, the Bible says he that controlleth his temper is better than he that conquers the city. Through Christ, you can overcome your temper. It's a choice we make. We have to choose to walk in the identity that we have. Now, I've been doing this for close to 50 years now. And I want to tell you, it's a life of liberty and freedom and joy and peace. And it doesn't make any difference what's going on around me, what's going on in this world, how good or bad things are in the eyes of others in the world. I'm free. I am set free. Jesus has set me free. Now, when did he set me free? Well, I grew up, I told you, in the Catholic Church. My wife was Methodist, and I went to the Methodist Church with her for some years. And, and they taught good things. What they taught is, if you be good, good people go to heaven. I, I, I love Methodists. Don't misunderstand me. Not putting any, any denomination down here. But I, I didn't know anything about being born again. And I wandered into a little church one day. And a man stood up. I was 24 years old. Had prayed every night that I could remember in my life. From the time I was born... I had a singer that worked 44 revivals with me. He was the greatest string musician I'd ever known. And uh, he, he, did, he did albums for me and all. He's with, he's with the Lord now. I've been gone about three years. He built me a beautiful prayer altar because he knew when we travel, every night I'd get on my knees and pray before I went to bed. My wife says, you pray the shortest prayers I ever heard. I said, you know, don't tell, it doesn't take long to tell the Lord good night. And if I got anything on my heart, I tell him that too. But I just, I just do that. And so he built me this prayer altar. I still have it. It's, it's right there next to my bed. And every night when I kneel down, I think about, his name was Richard Esther. Any of you ever heard of him? Yeah, you remember, y'all remember Richard Esther. Finest man, greatest musician, made instruments could play anything in the world. On my 50th wedding anniversary, he actually put, I, I did a 
a bunch of love songs of the 50s and old Nat King Cole songs, you know, and I did a bunch of Christian songs also, but I did this just special for my wife. She wouldn't let me publish it. It was good. Came out, it could have been published. Even if I did sing it, it was good. And, and, but she wouldn't let me publish it. And anyhow, so I put all that together. And so, but when I kneel there every night, I think about him and I think about the compassion and love that he had to make that prayer altar for me so I could kneel and pray. So I believe in prayer. But what I want to leave with you today is this. We're going to make some decisions here in a little bit. And I'm going to ask you, if the devil has tricked you in any way in your life, and you're over here thinking that you got this dual nature, you got that old man and the new man, you know, the Bible doesn't teach that. Sorry. If you believe the Bible, the Bible doesn't teach that. The old man is dead. Paul says that in Romans. And now we have the what? The new man, Christ. So if I'm going to accept the old man, I'm not accepting what God says about me. I'm going to accept what God says about me. I have the new man in me. And that new man is Jesus. And my identity is in Jesus. And I'm not identified in religion. And I'm not identified in sin. I'm not saying I'm perfect. No man is. But I am telling you this. I am in the category of saints. I was going to tell you about that little Catholic priest. He came down after he spent a couple of days with me. He said, boy, you know what? If, if we had you over, over in Ireland, we'd make you a saint. I thought, well, I already am one. <laughs> we already are saints. Amen. If we know Jesus, we're saints. Identify like that in your relationship with your husband, with your wife. My wife and I have the closest relationship. We're like one person. She was in the hospital and, and I got her out yesterday. Uh, she had some colon problems and Thank God she's all right. I prayed and covered her with prayer and everything else. And uh, she told me, she said, I, I, I don't like to be apart from you for one minute. I won't, uh, we've been married 59 years. We started dating when she was 13 and I was 15. And I never was interested in anyone else. She wasn't either. And I don't, I, I, I don't know how it was in your life. Whatever is fine. But I never did want to date anybody else. She never wanted to date anybody else. We got married, been married 59 years. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and we still hold hands. I've got a double recliner. Now, the reason I was sitting down a while ago is I'm getting so old, I can't stand so long. <laughs> My next birthday, I'm, I'm going to be 79, you know. But I'm good for another 20, 30 years. Amen. Amen. Now, I think the Lord sent me here today to help you. Because I know that some of you need what you heard. Raise your hand up if, if you identify what I said. Okay? How many of you today would like to do what, what I've done? I, now, you've got to practice it. Because the devil going to keep coming back, coming back, coming back. You know, when... One, one lady had always had something good to say about everybody. The pastor thought he was going to tease with her a little bit. He said, what you got to say about 
good about the devil. You always got something good to say about everybody. So I can tell you one thing about the devil. He's always on the job. <laughs> he is always on the job. Okay. Now, if you would like to make the decision, and if you, by the way, when you come, if you're not 100% certain that you're born again, that's utmost. I mean, most important. You don't go to heaven with a guess so, think so, hope so salvation. If you don't have a no so salvation, then we need to get that settled today. All right? I meet people all the time. I say, are you born again? Are you going to? Well, I hope so. God, God didn't send Jesus so we could have a hope so. God sent Jesus so we can have a what kind? No so salvation. That we might know him. So, I want you to stand with me if you would. And if you'd say, Pastor, I want to make a declaration. We're just going to pray for you. Nobody's going to make you give a speech or anything. Uh, and nobody's going to, we're just going to pray for you. Might, I might want to touch you. But if you'd say, I want that in my life. I want to make a decision today that my identity is going to be 100% in Christ and I can go away from this building without any question to know if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. If that's your request, raise your hands up. Raise your hands up. Would you folks come down? I want to pray for y'all. Just leave your seats and come on. And, and those who, who want to, to make this identity, come on quickly. message I preach today, how many of you believe it's the truth? How many of you believe that's what will set you free? That's where we need to be. Okay. I'm going to pray with these. Is there anyone else before I pray? Is there anyone here? You don't have to be embarrassed or anything like that. Anyone here that would say, I want to make absolutely certain that if I died, I'd go to heaven. I want to know. Now, we're not asking you to join the church. That's up to, to you. But we're asking you, to, if you want to make absolutely certain that you know Jesus, would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you, too. Anyone else? Okay. All right. Let me hold hands with you. We're going to pray together. There's something, folks. Let me tell you something. There's something to the touch. Are you, are you aware that in the medical field that they're even saying today, there's something to the touch. There, even the, even the, I mean, the modern medical field says there's healing in the touch. Well, we could have told them that a long time ago, right? Okay, say this with me. If you want to join me in the audience, say this, Lord Jesus. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I choose to identify. In Jesus. I am not identified in religion any longer. And I'm not identified with an old fallen nature. 
I receive Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior, I choose from my heart to repent. And I take you, Lord Jesus, to forever be my Savior. I take you right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.